This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Welcome back to Husky Heights, where we talk about all things University of Washington gymnastics. Part two this week, I'm Kaya and I'm here with Steph. And we are going to be covering a more in-depth meet recap. So this week was a lower score than last week with the team coming in at a 195.825. So almost at that 196 mark, but not quite. There was a home opener record set in terms of attendance, which is really exciting. It was over 5,000 people. And I think that's probably the biggest crowd that UW Gymnastics has pulled in since COVID. So that's really awesome. It definitely was not a bad meet, but one team score that the Huskies will be looking to drop when we get into the later parts of the season and are thinking about those national rankings when we're using the highest road scores and highest home scores. Now, the team total was lower than last week, but as you might remember, last week had some generous judging, and I think that's mostly why you're seeing a drop in scores in terms of the team total. I do think that the team looked stronger last week, but I don't think the difference was as big as the team totals make it out to be. It wasn't really night and day, and I think it's almost a point difference between the weeks, and it wasn't a splat fest or anything, so I just think it was the away scoring that got a little out of hand because that may got a little out of hand compared to the really reasonable and in my opinion usually correct scoring that we see at home in Washington. Steph do you have any thoughts? Yeah I also think that the home judges tend to be a little more reasonable than a lot of the road judges that we see even throughout the Pac-12 because they're just stricter but I think that's an advantage for Washington because someone gets the postseason and the times where judging tightens up it's been judging that we've seen ourselves through the season, so we have a better chance of knowing where we might stand. Yeah, that's definitely true. I agree with that. So the gym dogs started on vault with a 48.75, which is really not what they're capable of on vault. They definitely can hit low 49s on vault, especially with the newfound depth they have this year. This season, there are a lot more options of who you can slot into three of the positions in the lineup. I would say Amara, Skyler, and Lana's vaults are just gorgeous. They're on their own level. And so those three are pretty much mainstays, in my opinion, unless someone's resting. Lana still hasn't brought back the one and a half, but it's early in the season still, so we might see that later. And again, the reason that's important to this lineup is because it pretty consistently brought in 9-8 plus scores last season, and it would be exciting when she brings it back and we have a 10-0 start value in the lineup. Again, when you average 9-8, that's when you can get a 49 on an event and a 49 average on all four events is a 196 total score. So the leadoff and the anchor of this vault lineup saw some scores in the 9.5s, which is lower than I feel like most people are used to seeing. But I think those scores are accurate. Those two vaults really got hammered on the pike downs and the post flight, in my opinion. A pike down in your vault is an up to three-tenth deduction. So that would mean off of one deduction, your max score is a 9.7. 
And a pike down usually stems from lack of height, which is also a deduction in itself. So you can get hit for having the pike down and also the fact that you did not have enough height. And that usually all comes from how the gymnast makes contact with the vault table, which is called the block. And there can also be deductions taken for how the block is performed. So if a gymnast has closed shoulders um, or armpits and that creates a shoulder angle, that's also something that will be taken. So you can have a weird block that is a deduction for what you did in the block, which can cause a lack of height and a pike down. And I'm not saying the blocks were terrible. I'm just explaining how one thing leads to another thing in vault, but they're all deductions. And so even if a vault just looks like it has a little bit of pike down on the landing, there are things that led up to that happening that also have to be taken. And Washington judges will take those. But that got a little bit technical. So Steph, do you have any thoughts about the vault lineup overall? I think overall, it's definitely a lineup that will improve over the season. And I think as far as Lana's one and a half, I think I've noticed that her foot has been pretty heavily taped, her foot and her knees. So I think it's just a matter of pacing her so that they have it come the end of the season. It's where it is going to matter more. And also the thing about vault for our non-gym listeners is that vault is one movement by itself, one full movement, as opposed to a bars or a beam or a floor routine where there are several movements within the one routine. So it's very much like a bad block can lead to a bad landing, can lead to all of these deductions, like you said, Kaya. All right. Now moving over to bars, the team scored a 48.95. And Skylar Killo Wilhelm was not in the leadoff position, which I feel like we've been waiting for. We've been saying that we think she could score higher if she was anchoring bars, and she did anchor bars. Brenna Brooks took over as the leadoff, and she's a great beam leadoff. And I feel like her bars work really nicely in this spot. They've been consistent. And I feel like if you're a beam leadoff, you know how to handle pressure. So I think she sets a good tone there, and I think she can set a good tone on bars. I wonder if they'll be playing around with the leadoff or if Brenna is set in this role. I think it would be a good spot if she were set as the leadoff every week. I feel like she is hitting her handstands sharper and closer to perfectly vertical. And this week on the blind full, she did still lose that pressure down on the bar a little bit. I talked about that more extensively in week one, but she corrected it at the end, which is impressive. It is really, really hard. It just takes a lot of strength to correct your shape once you lose it, especially on bars when you're doing a pirouette. And I would say that is the best handstand angle that she has finished that skill in so far. She pulled it back together really tight at the end, which, you know, made a good giant tap. But I do wish I was seeing her leg separations and her releases and her back swings improve a little bit more because those little deductions do add up. It's a really nice routine. It looks sharp, but then it's getting in the nine sevens because of those little deductions. Speaking of which, there were no sticks on bars this week, which are little deductions that add up. I actually went back and totaled the landing deductions. In my opinion, I'm not the judges, so I don't know exactly what they took, but that totaled 4.5 tenths. So honing in on those landings would make a pretty significant impact on the team total on bars. 
And I do want to mention DM Moody's routine this week because it was really nice. I feel like that's improving. It looks a lot crisper and sharper. And I can't wait until she sticks her dismount because it's a big dismount. It's a full in and it would just be fun to see. Uh, Another highlight was Morgan Bowles hit her exhibition routine. And I'm wondering if we will see her in the lineup soon as this is the second week she's exhibitioned in a row. Overall, I feel like bars are improving in consistency from last year, which is great to see because bars is where we lost a lot of meets last year. I just want to see the little form breaks and little errors try to get worked on. It's early in the season, but for the rest of the season, because those little things do add up. And I think I mean, that is the reason that most of the routines are scoring in the nine sevens and it's making it a little bit harder to hit over 48 on bars. Steph, do you have anything to add? Well, I would just add that in the bars score this week, it was pretty close to that 49 mark. So it's not that far off. And I think just with a little more consistency, hitting that 49 mark shouldn't be too difficult. I just want to see like a little more polish on bars, I guess. Because we do have good bar routines. Last year, I think it was hard to get past the consistency, but there, there is a good bar lineup structure. Yeah, exactly. Headed over to Beam, I think that Saturday was not a locked-in Beam day that we have seen from UW. Beam is usually UW's standout event. And they stayed on, but it was a bit shaky. I will say shout out to Dia and Morgan for their saves, though, because a big wobble is up to three tenths of of deduction, but it's five tenths for a fall. So they are still saving those tenths and it is always better to save it than to fall off. And they did not touch the beam, which is always good. Krista told us that they seemed solid during warm-up, so it may have just been nerves. Again, they were there. We were watching the meet on TV, so we don't usually get to see all of warm-ups, but Krista was able to tell us that they looked solid. And I know that they talked about this a little bit, but the crowd was different than it normally was. They had apparently Greek life, soccer, football, they had all these people here. And then it was also probably the biggest crowd that the underclassmen had ever seen inside Hackad. There were more photographers than usual. There were cheerleaders and the cheerleaders never come to the meets. I think they used to. And then they stopped at one point because I think I remember them being there, but that's definitely, that's super different. There were just so many people, so many things going on. And they can be mentally strong gymnasts, but they are human. And having a meet with way more people on the floor than you're used to can definitely throw them off. So it was probably just nerves. I think so. And being it wasn't also not that great for UCLA either. So I think it was just the whole nerves, the environment being so different than people are used to. Because I mean, even UCLA doesn't. I mean, they have pretty big crowds, but even so, they're usually farther off the floor and there usually aren't a lot of photographers and camera people around the floor. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun. It was great that there were people there, but it was different for sure. And UW does not have a lot of built-in deductions on beam. And so it just comes down to how they hit. And a built-in deduction, I don't, maybe Steph, you'll have a better explanation for this than I do. But if a gymnast just always bends their leg on one skill or something like that, that's a built-in deduction. It's something that you're never going to be able to, I mean, you can fix a bent leg, but something you're probably not going to be able to take out and is just 
always going to be there. UW doesn't have a lot of those. Is that kind of how you would explain a built-in deduction? Yeah, that's definitely how I would explain it. And I think too, another side of that is when they're creating these routines, they're thinking about, you know, you have, there are requirements that have to be met that everybody has to do, but they're also thinking about the strengths of the individual gymnast. And so a lot of the strategy in college gymnastics is exactly to minimize the built-in deductions. And I think UW Beam does a good job of that, which is why I think it was just nerves and difference of environment that was playing in here. Then next we have floor, which was the highest event total of the day. Some amazing highlights with Amara Cunningham having a 995 on floor, which tied her for the event title, as well as Lana Navarro getting a 99 for the second week in a row. So Washington definitely has some floor workers. Floor is definitely looking stronger. I enjoyed the performance quality of Amara Cunningham to win and Taylor Russin. That's definitely something that has improved quickly, which I'm happy about. We definitely have touched on their facial expressiveness as a team in past weeks. And two was also an exhibition routine, not a competition routine. But then Taylor made her debut in the floor lineup after I believe she exhibitioned last week. None of us could remember but I think she did exhibition last week. Steph is nodding. So I think I'm right on that. They sort of switched places. Yeah. So two competed last week, exhibitioned this week, and Taylor exhibitioned last week, competed this week. But both of the routines looked a lot better, in my opinion. And another improvement was Emily Innes's first pass, which is a front handspring, front double full. It was the most controlled it has been this season, which I think is really great. And floor really depends on how clean their landings are at any given meet. Those are mainly where deductions get taken on floor unless you really mess up a leap. And if there's one uncontrolled pass in every routine, that's five tenths off the team total. So those are little things that add up again. And I don't want to sound redundant, but I feel like there isn't a lot to say about UW floor. I don't think it's ever been a problem event, but Beam has always been their standout. So floor is there. They've always had one or two good floor workers. I'm thinking Kristen Hoffa in recent years with a career high 9975, so almost perfect. And now we have Amara and there was Geneva. There's always been a few really good floor workers, but I wouldn't say Washington is a floor team. Honestly, I don't think any team in the NCAA this year has kind of claimed that floor team title. So I don't think, again, there are a lot of built-in deductions in Washington's floor. It really comes down to how clean are their landings? Are they giving away at least one to two tenths per routine on landings or not? Um, Steph, do you have any thoughts, maybe some built-in deductions that they have that I'm not thinking about? I didn't really think of any uh, built-in deductions necessarily, but I did notice that looking at the scores, the two lowest were 9.75, then there were two 9.8s, and then a 9.9 from Lana Navarro and Amara's 9.95. So looking at it, you know, it's only a few tenths off in each one. But the two 975s, which were Emily Innes and Hadley Roberts, they did a couple of their passes. Hadley, I remember hers looked a little um, 
she was doing a layout, but it, it looked a little piked. And then she was doing a tuck that looked a little like it was a pike. So I think maybe it's just confusing. You know, judges aren't really sure what it is, you know, and they're deducting for it not looking like, for the form not looking like what it's supposed to. But that's something I think that she can very easily work on and change. And I think by the end of the season, that'll change. Yeah, I noticed one of Lana's only deductions because yeah. I checked the split between the two and both judges gave her a 9-9. So they only took two deductions. I did notice some soft knees in her double yeah, pike. For sure. I guess floor really comes down to what you look like in the air and your landings because yeah. leaps, I feel like most judges don't take that much on leaps at least in NCAA and club they're looking to see if you made it all the way around but not necessarily in, yeah exactly and in CAA as long as you look like you're in that 180 degree split and you made it around they're fine yeah so it was a good week for UW not a great week but not a bad week yeah and I think Overall, it was a good beat. And, you know, we're still early in the season. And, uh, you know, we don't want to come completely running out of the gate and lose steam by the end of the season. You want to build and improve through the season. And I think Jen is doing a good job at pacing the team and coaching for that. I think they're looking a lot better week three going into week four than they oh, did totally. last season. Like, I'm definitely, I'm excited for this team. And I'm excited for Utah. I like watching Utah. Competing in the Huntsman is, I've never competed in the Huntsman, but thinking about that kind of freaks me out. Yeah, just it's the so big. thought of that arena is crazy. But honestly, I think that if Washington just goes in and does what they're totally capable of, I don't think that competing in the Huntsman should be a problem. Yeah. I'm, they've competed there before. Oh, it's yeah, not like it's not like Utah's new to the conference and they've never been there. <laughs> I think actually Utah might be the oldest team in the conference. I'm not sure, but I think. I think it has to be because it was one of the original gymnastics yeah. teams ever. Exactly. Yeah, I think they touched on that in the first episode, but we'll reiterate it here because it's an impressive record. Utah is the only team to have made it to every single national championships that have ever existed for women's NCAA gymnastics. The only team. So they've been there for a long time and they've been good. They're one of the most decorated teams as well. So it'll be a fun meet. And reminder that that is at 12 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, January 28th. And I believe that will be on the Pac-12 networks. But always check the UW Gymnastics schedule and that will have the most updated link to streaming and scores. But that is all we have for you guys today. And hopefully we'll see you back next week.